Welcome to Fly on the Wall Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Songson, CEO and founder of Church Boom. Here you get to sit in on a live coaching session as I coach pastors through the ministry challenges we all face. If you find this podcast helpful, please make sure to like, subscribe, and share. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast today. Uh, so excited about today's uh, episode. We're talking with Pastor Steve Bland, and we're talking about dealing with staff and church conflict. That is something we all deal with. How do you deal with the staff conflict when there's issues there? But what happens when, when there's that conflict in the church? What's the steps you need to take to help handle that to minimize the damage? It's a great episode. Let's jump into it. How can I help you today? What's on your mind? Well, um, I met with a youth pastor last week, and he really just kind of dumped the rocks out of his shoe. You know, he had a lot of frustration. There was a, an issue that arose in his church, um, a conflict, let's mm-hmm. say. Yeah. <laughs> And um, it was it was to a degree that he's like, I need to bring in the lead pastor. And so um, as he confronts this media leader and mm-hmm. he's kind of over this area, right. um, they really went at it. Mm-hmm. And the youth pastor just kind of backed up and, and just took it and he wasn't mm-hmm. combative. But the lead pastor did not support him at all. And in fact, afterwards, he's, he kind of chewed out this youth pastor saying, you know, thanks for dragging me into conflict. Right. So, you know, um, I think, you know, conflict is part of church life and, and, and leadership. Um, and I think there are a lot of pastors that could use some help with how to handle conflict. So my mm. first question is kind of twofold. How do you handle conflict? with staff and then the follow-up how do you handle conflict with congregants hmm yeah <clears throat> no that's great um there's a couple one thing i always say steve is that messages inspire but systems change behavior i think when mm. when you're looking at the staff the fight for continual health and the fight for continual um alignment is so important among a staff the book that I released last year was Saving Your Church uh, from Itself, Six Subtle Behaviors That Tear Teams Apart. That subtitle, to me, is the key. Six subtle behaviors mm. that tear teams apart. Watching those subtle behaviors that you think are going to start turning into conflicts, I think, are important. But when conflicts arise, one of the things I talk about with systems is I always tell everybody, matter of fact, I had a board meeting yesterday. And... Mm. Um, and if you look at my, if I had my board meeting minutes, I could forward them over to you. And at the very top, would say Matthew 18. We always bring it up every meeting. Okay, this is our Matthew 18 moment. Is there anything we need to deal with in this room? Is there anything that's going on? Matthew 18, go to your brother at once, is, is something that, in my opinion, should live on every single staff agenda and every single board agenda because it constantly reminds us and it gives us a moment to talk about, is there any conflict that's happening here or is there any conflict we need to resolve maybe privately? I, I, I think that's an important part. When dealing with, com- one, I think that helps to keep short accounts. Now, that doesn't answer the fact that there's still going to be conflict, but I think it helps to keep short accounts. And you have to put in systems to help keep short accounts and to keep people reminded that we can't keep having conflict. So when you're talking about conflict in the staff, one, I think that's a way of minimizing the conflict. I don't think it's going to alleviate it, but it's going to minimize it tremendously. Um, When dealing with the conflict, I think we follow 
Uh, one thing I always tell everybody is this, is don't be afraid of the conflict. Because if you, it, 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 a lot of people I think sometimes, Steve, are afraid of the conflict. I don't want, yeah, that's, a, that's sure. hard, that's difficult. But the longer you wait, the worse it gets. Yeah. So one thing I always say is pay now or pay later. But if you pay later, you'll always pay more. Oh, wow. So, the longer you wait, worse it's going to get. So you can wait. You can wait another month, but just understand uh, it's just getting worse. Uh, wow. And um, I, I think you need to really be careful with that. So what I tell staff is now on the staff side, I say, hey, look, when people talk about conflict or keeping staff health or alignment, I always say live by the Matthew 18 principle. Let it live. Let it be part of your culture. Culture is and when people say culture. It's a buzzword. It actually means a set of attitude or behaviors. So let it be. Matthew 18, um, let it be that we keep short accounts. Uh, let it be that we live far away from artificial harmony. Uh, mm. Never enter into mean-spirited, but always live, in, uh, live far away from artificial harmony. If you've got to deal with conflict, um, never go in attacking, uh, but don't be afraid to deal with it. But never go in attacking. It's always... It, I think yeah, it's so good. much better, and I know it's a, a cliche, but to seek to understand. So if I had a conflict with someone, I might say, Steve, I'm feeling something in my heart. I could be wrong, but I'm feeling A, B, and C. And I was wondering mm -hmm. if you could speak into that for a moment. That phrase right there has saved, saved me many times so where good. I just say, Steve, here's kind of what I'm feeling. Can you speak into that for a moment? I'm immediately asking them, I want to hear from you. Yeah. What's going on? I'm concerned with what you're feeling. That that phrase, can you speak into it? As it pertains to the church. Yes. Uh, now we're going to move to the church. That was staff. Now we're moving over to the church. Yeah. One, uh, I think that culture is always created at the top, supported at the bottom, and lost in the middle. So when it's lost in that middle section where it's lost, sometimes I think when we deal with the church and there's members that have problems or issues, uh, one, I would say when it is established among the leaders of the church and the staff, there's a greater chance that it will go down into the life of the church. Yeah. When it's not happening at the leadership level, there's a greater chance that there'll be a problem. For So what I mean by that is, is a lot of the time, if, if the staff will hold true to like, hey, we're not going to have conflict. We're gonna we're gonna handle it. We're gonna keep short accounts. We're gonna live by Matthew eighteen. Not live in artificial harmony. And the leaders start living that way. You'll find so much less conflict in the church when you get the staff and leaders to start operating so in that fashion. The church is just gonna follow the leadership. They are even in the invisible yeah. DNA. They're gonna follow the leadership. And so if you can learn to say, hey man, we're gonna make sure that our staff and our leadership. Uh, is operating health, you'll find that a lot less will happen that way. And here's the other thing you'll find is when having that conflict, you'll find that less will come to you as the lead pastor because now your leaders are not, they're not leading from a point of accountability from top to bottom. They're also leading from left to right. And what that means is most of the time there's a conflict Pastor, here's the problem. We expect for you to step in. That's top to bottom accountability. Mm. But when there's a when there's health among the staff when it comes to conflict, the the accountability is not just top to bottom, it's left to right. I so it's that. like, 
I, as a leader at your church, pull aside another leader or volunteer and say, hey, um, man, I'm noticing something and I just, we need to be careful with that. I'm not your boss, but I'm just trying to help. Like what I'm doing right there is I'm, I'm saying, hey, let's watch that. That doesn't need to go all the way to the top every time. Yeah. Because now we're handling it this way. We're not just handling it top to bottom. We're handling it from left to right. When leaders start doing that in your church, when that's the culture of your church, you're going to find yes. a, a, a radically reduced amount of conflict will happen in the church because people will follow the leadership. Yeah. I'm actually reading. Sam Chan's oh, yeah. culture. <laughs> oh, man. He's Change my, he's my coach. So, Sam oh, Chan man. and Dan Ryland, they're both my coaches. So, yeah. Wow. That'd yeah. Be, that's beautiful. So, I yeah. love that. So, you create that culture from the top and it just flows down. It so does. Good. Absolutely. So good. Yeah. So, a follow up question is uh, that's conflict, but sometimes it gets past a point of just a conversation and it goes to correction. Mm. So, how do you correct? Mm hmm. Um, your staff, let's say, yeah, correcting yep. your staff, um, correcting key leaders, maybe that aren't staff but volunteers. You know, there's a difference there, I suppose. So, yeah, yeah. Can you is. talk to me about correction? Yeah, oh, these are great questions, Steve. Uh, they really are great questions. Um, the the correction, I think, obviously, it's it's it varies on the severity of what we're talking yeah. about. If you're talking about a behavioral issue that's toxic the correction goes way high. If we're talking about, right. eh, you're probably not leading really well and you need to approach things a little differently, okay, that might drop down a little bit. Um, the correction of it, I think, is also in in how it is verbalized and how it is <clears throat> dealt with. Again, no matter what, in, in, in when you are working with your team, one thing I always say is, again, that seek to understand. So, hey, there's a little bit of conflict between me and Steve. I was wondering if you could speak into that. I do that also when I feel like there's a correction moment. Here's why. Because consulting is about providing solutions. Coaching is about asking questions. And I think that there's a, there's a hat you have to put on sometimes as a lead pastor or leader of an organization and be able to put that hat on that says, I need to coach for a moment. And so I'm going to ask some questions. So if it's a correction thing, it might be, I'll role play here. I'm the lead pastor. You're the youth pastor or you're the children's pastor, whatever. And I say to you, hey, uh, uh, let's say it's a, uh, um, man, the way you've been kind of handling it a little bit of leaders or maybe it's been a performance issue for you. Maybe you're not coming, you know, you're not delivering, uh, you know, I don't know, what, not following through. Yeah. I don't know, whatever it may be. Again, I'm going to follow into that same pattern. Hey, Steve, I've been noticing a couple things. I've been noticing that you... You show up quite a, late quite a bit, uh, and you seem a little bit more apathy in our meetings, uh, like you don't want to be there. Uh, at, at least it's coming across that way. I could be wrong about that, but it, it feels that way to me. And I was wondering if you could take a few minutes and speak into that. Here's, again, here's why you want to do that. Because I had to do this quite a while ago with a, with a certain individual on a team of mine, and I said, hey... Here's kind of something I've been seeing and noticing. And within 90 seconds, I don't give them 30 minutes of my, these are all the issues. And, you know, and I was, I went through that when I was your age. I don't go through all these examples. 
Within 90 seconds, I turn it right over to them. So, hey, here's, here's some things I've been noticing in, in, in our meetings. Here's some things in your responses. I've just been kind of noticing that. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I noticed there's been a shift, and I'm wondering if you could speak into that for me. Steve, that person, I'm not going to say it works out every time this way, but that person, a lot of times, and it did for me just a while back, they'll go on for about 10 minutes explaining what their feelings are. But you know what happened in the middle of that? They said they were going on and on. And yeah, I know sometimes, I mean, it affects my attitude and, and sometimes my attitude can get bad because of it. And then they went on to explain more. Now they get done 10, 12 minutes later. And I said, okay, Steve, uh, about halfway into what you were just sharing, you said, sometimes you have a bad attitude. Can you talk to me about that a little bit more? Mm. I didn't say you had a bad attitude. Yeah, You said you had a bad attitude. All I'm asking is you were to explain it to me. It wow. completely changes the tone of yeah. the conversation because I'm not accusing you of the bad attitude. You're the one that admitted it to me. Now we're going to talk about that. And then when we get into that, again, using that as an example, man, how do you think, Steve, moving forward, we could resolve this? Because I, I don't want to revisit this again, and I don't want it to be an issue anymore. So how do we move forward resolving it? Hmm. And, and then we... We collaborate on like, okay, look, these are the four things. Okay, we agree to these four things, right? Okay, great. Now, in, in, as we wrap this up, you, we both agree to the four things. Oh, yeah, no, we did. And we both agreed this is what we need to do. Great. I'm going to check in with you and in 30 days, and I'm just letting you know we've got to make some progress in this area. Now, that's where I get a little more accountability, a little strong at the end. But you lead them in the conversation to that. People yeah, sport whatever that. they create, and if they if they if they create this solution, they're more likely to support it. Do you do like written write ups, anything like that? Um, if, it, if it continues, so well, kind of a yeah, paper the, trail. I do, hundred yeah. percent. So the way that I paper trail it, great, great, great follow up question, uh, and I'm glad you brought it up because I would have hate to have missed that. Okay, again, role-playing. I'd say, hey, Steve, um, uh, everything that we talked about, Let's. Uh, I do one of two things. Either A, I recap the conversation, but often I'll put it on them because I want to make sure I know what – I want to make sure that they heard what I said. So, hey, Steve, uh, sometime by the end of the day, could you just send me an email to recap the conversation? I just want to make sure uh, wow, that you I and I that. are hearing the same things. That's good. So you send me a recap. Now, if I look at it and I'm like, Nailed it. You, you, you got everything in there. I'll say, hey, man, you nailed it. Look, uh, thanks so much, Steve. Appreciate it. Looking forward to great things, blah, blah. If you missed one or two things in there, I was like, oh, you missed a couple things. I'd say, hey, Steve, looks, you got almost everything. Uh, don't forget also we talked about this. Now there's an email wow. trail. So they write their own trail. Hundred <laughs> percent. That is so good. Hundred percent. They write that. their own trail, and you only add to it. You either say "looks good, thanks," or "looks good, but you missed one bullet point." Either way, the trail started with them. They're the ones that, and, and we're making sure that we heard the same thing. Mm. So Love absolutely, that. you do. It's not a. It, it doesn't feel like a write up. It feels like a recap. There's a difference between a write-up and a recap. A write-up feels yeah. like, man, you're disciplining. A recap is, yeah. I believe you, in you. I just want to make sure we're hearing the same thing. Yeah, you're cracking them with the ruler on their knuckles. You know. Yeah, and that's not it. That's I'm just, tough. I'm recapping. That's tough. But it's in writing now. Uh, <laughs> it's in writing yeah. now. And, and that recap is not only so it's in writing, it's also to make sure that we heard the same thing in the meeting. 
Just, so yeah, sometimes they hear something different, and you're like, Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got to make sure on the same page, and yeah, yeah, yeah. But recaps are wonderful; direction. they're great. So uh, this leads me to uh, another question for you. Yeah, what if it builds and you've got to part ways? You know, mm. maybe it's a lack of chemistry, or maybe it's for cause. How do you let your staff member go? Because yeah. I think pastors really struggle with this sometimes. Some pastors struggle with this. Uh, it, I, I, ironically, it's interesting you say that. Uh, earlier earlier call today that wasn't a podcast was on this very same subject. Uh, ah. And it was, in my opinion, not done healthy. It was done wrong. Um, let's go back to the recap. When I recap it, remember I said at the very end, I'm just going to keep going with the scenario. So I recap, Steve, hey, Recap me, you know, and then I always do that sort of thing. Hey, just Steve, we agree to these things, right? I need you to recap me, but but please understand, I'm going to meet with you in 30 days or whatever I decide, because I got to make sure that these things are right. We've got to make some strides. So this is, to me, is kind of a strike one. It was pretty strong. Yeah. Okay, 30 days from now, 40 days from now, whenever I say I was going to follow up, I'm going to come back, and if it's good, great. If it's not, now that now it's it's moving from discussion and it's on yeah. its way to decision. That's the difference, discussion or decision. So now I'm going to look at you and say, "Hey Steve, we met 45 days ago or whatever the amount of time is. You know, if you remember, here's the recap we talked about, la la la. These things haven't changed." Mm. And, you know, now you have to decide do you want to talk to them about it two or three times, but at some point whether it's the second time or the third time I talk to them, and it depends on the level. It, it depends on how many other conversations you've had. It depends on, you know, whatever. But when you get to, I wouldn't go too long, but when you get to that kind of strike three, or you're in that neighborhood of strike three, I'm just telling you how I do it, Steve, because yeah. I want them to know. I think to be unclear is to be unkind. And I think that you have to say to someone, Steve, um, we've talked about this a couple times. We've recapped it. We've created solutions together. Um, if we have to meet about this again, I, I don't think you're going to like the outcome. Um, and they always know what I mean. They, and no one ever has to, I mean, everybody always knows. Then when it comes down to it and if they don't do it, Steve, we've met a few times on it. Um, things haven't changed and it's time for me to transition you off of the team. When one thing I've learned from my coaches over the years is when it comes to those, that difficult final conversation, yeah. Don't pat, patronize them by going on and on for 20 minutes, them knowing the ax is coming and you're going on yeah. for 20 minutes. Whenever mm. I do it, it's I, – I don't like doing it, but whenever I've had to do it, it's in under three minutes. I'm, I've already said the sentence. Wow. You know, under three pull minutes. Pull the Band-Aid off. Just, pull, just say it. They already yeah. know, man. I mean I, – I, Not all the time, but 80, 90%, they know. And you're patronizing them for 20 minutes. And I love you. And I believe in you. And I think that's great to say after. But I think, for me personally, I find it better. Just get to the point. They already know, man. Pull the Band-Aid. They've been waiting for you to pull it for 20 minutes. Just pull it. What about if it's just a lack of chemistry? You know what I mean? Because that scenario was kind of for cause. You know, we've talked about this here. You know, I've got a paper trail, whatever. Uh, strike three, as you said, but sometimes you just, you, you hope you're going to click, but you never really know until you bring them on, you know? So what about that scenario? Well, 
two thoughts. One, I think, and I'm going to go to two thoughts on that. One, on the back end, if you're in that scenario, it's not a performance thing. Um, it's That's a little bit different. I think you need right. to be careful legally, uh, and I think you have to be careful in how you handle all that. Uh, I, I'm not a lawyer, nor am I going to say with a, how to handle that, but I do think that it is a matter of, hey, I don't feel like it's the right fit. Um, I don't feel like um, that 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 we're the right fit. I don't think that's a you issue. I don't think that's a me issue. That's just an us issue. It's like, you know, there's a certain man and a certain woman that maybe they're wonderful people and they both love God, but they're definitely not the right fit to be married because they're just different. Yeah. It doesn't make her wrong or him wrong. They're just different. Uh, and I think that's where we're at. And I, I, uh, I want to, I, there I extend quite a bit more. I would, I would extend quite a bit more grace of like, I want to help you find the right spot as long as they're not being toxic, as long as they're not being whatever, either I want to help you find the right spot. I, I, in those situations, generosity of severance gets even greater. Yeah. Uh, and here's why that gets even greater. Because I have to own some of that mistake. I brought you on. Yeah. I have to own the fact that I hired someone that didn't have chemistry with me. I got to own some of that. Um, mm. And... I can tell you how you can avoid that in the future, or at least avoid a lot of it. Um, so the back end of it is, yes, I would give more grace. I think it's, I use the word fit more than anything. Definitely give more grace, more grace on severance, more grace on trying to help them find another job. Uh, you know, I've done that, you know, whatever, just more grace. However, and I've learned the hard way this, I wish I, I, I don't, I can't say I've operated like this all my life, but to avoid a lot of that in the future in this, I'm just going to try and do it under two minutes. There are three types of values. There's core values, aspirational values, and accidental values. Aspirational values are the values that we all have that we just call values. They're just really aspirational values. Our church is going to be Bible-centered, generous. We put God first. Well, that's aspirational because not everybody in your church does that. It's an aspirational value. The core values are who you are as Steve Bland and your team no matter what. They are not... They are not defined, they're discovered. It's who you are no matter what. So for instance, I had an outsider come in years ago to look at our team, and do you know what we discovered? One of our core values was we were relevant, uh, we were outreach-minded, no question about that. We were risk-takers, no question about that. You know, We want to progress, we want to grow, growing's important. One of them was humor and sarcasm. <laughs> and then I, I looked at the guy that we brought in. I've known the guy for a while. You know, we had to pay him some money. And I said, what do you mean humor and sarcasm? And he's like, well, that's who you are no matter what. And if hmm. someone wow. isn't that, then they're not going to fit. And then yeah. you're going to have to let them go, even though they moved their whole family here. They're gonna, you're going to have to let them go because there was no fit. So the wow. reality is you have these people look and say, do you believe in these values? Love God. Put them first. Be generous. Who's not going to just – every Christian's going to go, of yes. Course. That's yeah. aspirational. What you got to know, Steve, is who are you no matter what? You couldn't not That's be so that. That's so good. Yeah. And, and, you know, church I was working up uh, uh, with coaching and helping – one of their core values was we do life as a team. Well, man, do they? I mean, they're yeah. staff like vacation together. They go to they go uh -huh. to the river together. They jet ski together. Well, if you're going to invite someone on the team that doesn't do that, 
that is going to be a major issue. And that's not their fault. Yeah. It's actually more your fault for bringing someone that didn't fit. So, that's good. okay, that's that in that we talked about what to do with the fit and that have that conversation and graciousness and generosity and all that. But to help before you even get there, know the three or four things that you are, no matter what, you cannot not be that. It, like me, humor and sarcasm. I cannot not be that. So that's mm-hmm. part of our teams. So it's like, Okay, if you're not that, then that's going to be a problem. Okay, we're very future-oriented, very risk-taking, very growth-oriented. And if you come to me on the team and you're like, man, I don't care about growth you know, as much. I mean, I just want people to love Jesus. That's not going to work for me. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that we want people to love Jesus, but if you're not future-growth-oriented, yeah, that's a chemistry issue. Yeah, so right. you got to know who are you no matter what. Because once you identify those core values, it'll help you in hiring people, not just are they good and can they do the job, but do they Mm. fit in our core values? And if they don't, the the funniest thing was the guy that uh, we brought in for that core value and he told me humor, sarcasm, I pushed back with him. It was about nine years ago. I'm like, dude, that's not true. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, that's who you are no matter what. And I go, well, what does that matter? He goes, well, who's the last person you had to let go of? So I'm like, okay, not one a person in your organization. You had to let go of them. And bro, this is what happened. He goes, and why'd you have to let go of them? I said, I, and I immediately responded. I'm like, the guy can't even take a joke. And he goes, he can't oh. take a what? And he goes, and he had me. He trapped me. <laughs> Nothing to do with his performance. Wow. It was. That's, that's really good. He didn't match the core values. Know your yeah. core values or you'll hire the wrong people. So, so good. Yeah. Well, man, so. I really appreciate you helping me today and helping so many other pastors and churches. Uh, it's really, really important for us. So thank you Amen. for oh, awesome. your hey, time thanks. today. No, thank you. Thanks. These questions were, were gold, man. Great questions. And uh, thanks for being on, man. I really do appreciate it, Steve, and appreciate yep. all you do for the kingdom, man. Thanks so much. We'll, we'll talk soon. Okay, buddy. Talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in to the Fly on the Wall podcast. We hope today's episode provided you with some practical steps to lead your church to the next level. If you found this episode helpful, take a moment to leave us a review and share it with others. Remember, when the pastor grows, the church grows, and we grow pastors. We love you. We're your raving fans, and we are cheering you on. See you next week.